Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at how we can get closer to God. A month of deeper devotion to God, if you will. And today, specifically, we're going to look at be looking at how our problems can be used to push us closer to God. We can exploit our problems and use our problems to our benefit to get us closer to God, to push us closer to God. So listen in and find out how you can use your problems to get closer to God. But this month, the month of June, is a month of deeper devotion to God. Who here is ready to go a little deeper with God? All right? I want to see it. Come on. I want you to be willing to go deeper with God this month. It's going to take a little bit of elbow grease. All right? You're going to have to put forth a little bit of an effort. Okay? And so a month of deeper devotion. Look, here's the titles of the next four messages. You don't want to miss them. If you do miss them, make sure that you pick up the podcast and listen to it throughout the week. All right, but the first one is today. It's your problems. You need to exploit your problems to go deeper with God. All right, so your problems get behind you and they shove you closer to God. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So exploit, use your problems to get closer to God. Next Sunday. Seeking God's influence, and that's going to pull you closer to God. If you seek God's influence in your life, you say, God, I want you to influence my life. What's going to happen? It's going to pull you closer to God. Problems push you. God's influence pulls you in, and it gets you closer to God. The following week after that, it's leaving. Let's leave shallow living and start Living a deeper, having a deeper knowledge of God. Stop being so shallow. Have you ever met a shallow person? All right, they just live superficially. They're all about what they have and what they look like. Leave shallowness, shallow living, and start going deeper with God. That's going to get you closer to God as well. A, a month of deeper devotion. And the fourth, the fourth message is going to be following. When you follow Jesus, you get closer to God. Doesn't that make sense? If Jesus, if I'm following Jesus, guess where Jesus has taken me? He's getting me closer to God. All right. So those are going to be the messages that we're going to have. And I challenge you in every service, we're going to have one of these. A three by five card at the end of the service will be no exception. And you are going to do some soul searching. Each Everybody's going to get one of these. I'll ask Jesse or someone to pass them out as we finish today. And I'm going to give you three questions for you to contemplate this week so that you go closer to God this week. That's our that's our goal is a deeper a month of deeper devotion with God. So let's get started. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now. God, that we would open up our hearts, help us not just to come to church once a week, but Lord, help us to let your word influence our lives. Get us closer so that at the end of this month, we're closer to you than we are right now. A deeper devotion to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, and I'm going to read it to you. It's going to show you 
four stages of getting closer to God through your problems. Now, before we even start, I want you to think about your biggest problem right now. Don't get depressed. Just think about it just for a second. What is your biggest problem in your life right now? All right. Do you have it? Don't tell me what it is. It's private. (laughs) All right. What is your biggest problem? We're going to use that problem today to push you closer to God. All right. It's going to be your best friend in some respects. But Romans 5 verses 3 through 4, it says, not only so, but we glory in our sufferings. We glory in our problems. We glory in our problems. Because we know that our problems or our suffering produces perseverance. And you need to have more perseverance in your life. I need more perseverance in my life. But what happens with perseverance? Perseverance then produces character. That's a godliness in your life, a strength, an inner strength. Don't you wish you had more inner strength in your life? That you could cope a little bit better with your problems? Well, that's what character does. It builds a strong person. And you and me, we need to be strong people, strong human beings. What happens after character? Then you start getting hope, a God confidence, and you walk around like a child of the king, and you're unfazed by the things that happen to you and around you. So let's look at this, how our problems push us closer to God. I'm going to read the same scripture in the Amplified Version, which simply expands the meaning a little bit more, but you can look at it up here on the screen. Moreover, let us all be filled with joy now. Let us exult and triumph, what? In our troubles, in our difficulties, rejoicing in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produces patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance, that fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith, tried and true integrity. And let me pause with this word integrity, all right? We used to send the space shuttle up into space. Now there's other things. Elon Musk has his, this space thing, and other people have those space things. What would happen if whatever, that spacecraft, got into the atmosphere, and the pressure, what happens is there's so much pressure, especially as it's coming back into the atmosphere, Pushing on the hull of that spaceship or that spacecraft, if it doesn't have integrity, it will crush. And inside of it, the people will die instantly because it can't withstand the pressure. Do you have pressure in your life? It's bearing in and you feel sometimes like you're going to cave in. God wants to give you integrity. In other words, make you so strong that when pressure bears in, you stay strong and the pressure isn't too much for you to bear. All right? So it mentions the word integrity. And that character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. You and me, we need to have the habit of being hopeful and God-confident and not such wimpy pansies that we break and cave every time there's a hardship in our lives. God wants you to be strong. The habit of strength, the habit of, of being strong and not being so weak. Don't you want that? Don't you know that there's going to be problems the rest of your life that you're going to have to deal with? Don't you know that? And shouldn't you go ahead and get stronger so that you can bear up under these problems? Well, let's look at these four things. Suffering, perseverance, character, and hope. First of all, suffering. Suffering. 
Well, suffering is simply a problem that you can't fix. All right? That's, that's what suffering is. It's a, it's a problem that's beyond you. It might be You might be sick, or you might have someone who is sick that you love, and they can't seem to get better. You might have a financial problem that's there month after month after month after month. You might have a broken relationship that's just aggravating you and stressing you out. You might have a decision that you have no idea which way to go. You have a problem. And that problem needs to push you closer to God. You're suffering. All right? When we talk about suffering, it's tribulation, it's pressure, it's stress. Have you ever been stressed out? Have you ever gotten in your car and screamed and yelled really loud because you were so stressed out? I have. (laughs) Yelling yelling at the top of my lungs because I'm suffering. I'm stressed out. It's what constricts and rubs together. It's like sandpaper. Have you ever had somebody in your life that their mere voice is like sandpaper on your skin and just grinds you and you wish that person would just go far, far away? I have. All right? You're suffering because of this person and they're gnawing on you and nagging at you. It's a problem in your life. Look at this. It's re- suffering is when you're restricted, you're without options, you're helpless, and you're hopeless. You're suffering. The challenges, look at this, the suffering challenges your ability to cope. Now, I was talking to somebody who was fixing something at my house. This guy I don't believe is a Christian, but this guy had so much spiritual insight, it blew me away. He told me, he's just this little guy who's just talking to me. He says, you know what? And he, by then he knew my name. He said, you know what, Steve? He said, people don't know how to cope nowadays. People don't know how to cope. And he, and he specifically said, Americans don't know how to cope. And I said, dude, you are absolutely right. People don't know how to cope. A little problem comes up, and they're right out getting drunk as they can, popping an opioid, trying to do something, running to a girlfriend or boyfriend, trying to, they can't cope. You as Christians, you better learn how to cope with hard times because life is hard. Some people say life's hard and then you die. (laughs) Life is hard. God wants you to know how to cope with difficulties. And that's for teenagers. Man, teens struggle have hard times. Young married couples struggle, have hard times. Learn how to cope. God wants you to know how to cope. But suffering is when you feel like there's no way to escape. You're helpless. You're hopeless. All right. Now listen to me. This is really the only place that you'll ever really seek God the way that you should. When you are cornered, you are stressed, you look everywhere, 360 degrees, and you don't see a way out, what do you do? You look up. You look up. Your problems will drive you closer to God. Don't forget your problem. Remember the problem that I asked you to think about at the beginning of our service? Think about that and start looking up to Jesus. Exploit your problem to push you closer to God. I'll tell you, It's the only way human beings ever actually seek the Lord is when they're cornered. I hate to say it. 
That's why problems can actually be your best friend. Now, let me tell you what. Suffering is a state of mind, okay? I could have cancer. I could be taking chemotherapy. I could be suffering in my body. But the true place where suffering occurs is right here between these two ears of mine. That's where suffering really occurs is in your mind. It's a state of mind. And people suffer in their bodies, but where the suffering really occurs is in your mind. Now, I knew I had a friend. I won't tell you what this friend's name is. I don't think anybody knows him anyways. He was, he was dying of cancer. And I would sit and talk to this friend. He was about my age. I'd sit and talk to this friend about the experience that he was going through. And you know what? He was getting pushed closer and closer to God through this experience, through this cancer. He, was a family. he had a family of three kids, I believe. Um, a wife, and as I talked to him, I saw him physically suffering, but you know what? He wasn't suffering in his mind. He had peace of mind even though his body was in a bad place. Suffering is a state of mind. It's not a state of physical anything. You suffer in your mind. Paul and Silas in the Bible They were shackled. They were in prison. They had been beaten. They were bloody. But what were they doing? They were praising God in the midnight hour. They weren't suffering in their mind, even though physically they were suffering. My grandfather passed away. My mom's dad passed away when I was five years old, and we were in in Spain, and we flew back. Me and my mom flew back, and I believe it was as she was in the plane. I hope I have this straight. She was sorrowful tragedy is struck her her father had passed away and you know what god brought a peace to her and she went through that funeral and through the burial and through the whole nine yards not suffering in her mind anymore suffering is a state of mind don't use your body or your circumstances for an excuse to stay suffering in your mind for month after month year after year get out of your state of suffering and go to the next stage, which is what we're going to be talking about here in just, just, a, just a second. Don't stay in this stage of suffering. Let the suffering push you to God, but then exit it and go to the next stage very, very quickly. Anybody who decides to stay in a mindset of suffering is going to have unstable faith in God. Their faith is going to be up one day and then down the next, and up and down and up and down. Their moods is going to be every which way. Get out of suffering so that you can stop being an unstable person. They doubt. They have negative thoughts. They're fearful. How do I know this? I've been through it like a few weeks ago. (laughs) I know this. But as I've realized, Steve, you got to get out of a state of suffering suffering and go on to the stage of perseverance. Man, I'm, I'm not up and down anymore. I'm stable. God wants you to be a stable Christian, not an unstable Christian. Look at this in James 1.8. It says, such a person, a doubter, is double-minded and they're unstable in all their ways. So let's shift gears and let's get into the second stage, which is where you and I, we need to go to today with your problem. Get out of suffering and go into the next stage. Romans 5.3 tells us the next stage. Stage is perseverance. What is perseverance? Well, I've always had a negative view of perseverance. It sounds hard. 
It sounds tiring. It sounds, oh, it's like it's overwhelming. I don't want to persevere. I want to give up. You know, I want it easy. Come on, God, get me out of this and get me to the, get me to a place of, of resolution. But God says, no, I want you to learn the joy of persevering. What is persevering? It's enduring. But look at this. It's steadfastness to the extent that your mind doesn't change anymore. It's steadfastness. It's saying, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I think that in the morning. I think that at noon. I think that in the afternoon. I think that at night. I think that in the middle of the night when I wake up. I, my mind is going to be steadfast. The Bible says in Isaiah 26.3, I will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. In other words, him or her whose mind cannot be changed. When you start believing God, your mind stays strong throughout the day, throughout the night, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. You can have a strong mind in Jesus Christ. You can have a steadfast, persevering mind that patiently waits for the answer to come. All right? Perseverance happens. Listen to this. This is, if you take anything, just take this. Perseverance happens when you finally start believing God. When you finally start just believing God. And let me tell you what. Believing God is one of the best feelings in the whole wide world world. You just believe God. You trust God. You rest in God. You know God. God is going to take care of my problem. I don't need to worry anymore. Perseverance happens when you believe God. Look at this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation, no problem, no difficulty is overtaking you except such as common to man. A lot of times when you're ever a problem, you think, I'm the only one. I'm by myself. No one's ever gone through this before. I'm, I'm in the worst situation. God hates me. I'm by myself. Be quiet. <laughs> it's common to man. Everybody has problems. Everybody's gone through. Everybody's gone through what you've gone through. It's common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tested or tempted beyond what you are able to deal with but with a temptation will make a way to escape so that you can get out of it? No, it says so that you may be able to bear it. <laughs> you may be able to cope with it. Look at the Amplified. Look at this next one here. I'll read it to you. It's just the second section of this verse. It says, provide a way out, a means to escape, a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. He doesn't provide a way to escape so that you get out of jail free. He gets you out of the suffering mindset so that you can t stand up tall and strong under your bad circumstance and show you, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Even with a problem staring you in the face, you can stand tall and strong as a man or a woman of God and know that God is going to take care of you. Why can you bear up under it? Because God's mighty hand comes and lifts it up, and he does the heavy lifting for you. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And he says, I will carry your birds with you. He says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. I'm going to do the heavy lifting for you. When you're worrying, you're lifting the burden yourself. You're trying to do it yourself. 
But when you don't worry and you trust God, you believe God, he carries it for you. He carries it for you. And there's no greater miracle in the world than when nothing has changed in your circumstances, but you have a smile on your face, a song in your heart, and you're not worried. That's the greatest miracle of all. It shows that you're able to cope the way that God wants you to cope. So perseverance happens when you believe God and you stop doubting God. How many of you have doubted God this week? Anybody? Every single one of us has doubted God this week. Can you imagine if you stopped doubting God and you just started believing that you, God is going to come through for me? I know he's going to come through for me. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. God is my healer. God is my redeemer. I know my God saves. Stop doubting. Believe God that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, what he's promised that he's going to do. So look at this. Look at this statement. Stop suffering and start believing. Get out of suffering. Get out of a suffering mindset and start believing God. The steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered of the Lord. I believe that. I, it's going to happen. God is going to show me what to do if, if you're struggling with, with a, you know, a decision that you need to make, for instance. All right? The other day, Tina and I, we're trying to figure something out, all right? We were talking. I can't remember if we were in the car or it was at the table. We were talking about a problem. We were trying to figure it out, and my first reaction was, oh, here we go. Can I stop having problems in my life? Do you ever do that? Just stop. No more problems, please. I have 10 already. I don't need another one. And that was my attitude. It's like, I don't need another problem. And then I remembered this. Stop suffering and start believing. And so I sat up straight, and I said, you know what? There's a solution to this problem. As soon as I got out of a suffering, victimized mentality and got over here and started believing God, within two minutes we had a solution to the problem. You see what I mean? Stop suffering and start believing. Here's another way of saying this. Stop complaining and start looking for a godly solution. Complaining brings you down. Once I started monitoring my complaining cycles and I realized I complain all day long. Stop complaining and start looking for godly solutions. God will show you what to do. Stop suffering. Start believing. All right. Here's another thing is stop doubting yourself. We already doubt God, but you know who else you doubt all the time is yourself. If you're seeking God, you can't do too many things wrong. So stop doubting yourself. And believe God has the power to pick you up and take you where you need to go. To heal your body if that's your problem. When you persevere, when you believe God, no fear, no pessimism, no, no being overwhelmed, no victimization. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Stop suffering and start believing Romans 4, 18 through 21 says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Before he ever could see it, he became it. Just as it had been said of him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening his faith, he persevered. 
without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100, uh, 100 years old and his Sarah's womb was also dead. And yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith as he persevered and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised to do. Stop suffering. Cut it out. Stop. You know what? When you're suffering, you're just thinking about yourself. Me, 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 me. As I told somebody the other day, stop thinking about yourself and think about somebody else. Practice thinking about somebody else. Get your mind off yourself, and you'll start being more than a conqueror. To think of yourself drags you down. It weighs you down. Okay. So we've talked about perseverance. Let's move on. Guess what? You don't have to persevere forever. God has an answer to your problem. He wants to solve your problem. He wants to heal your body. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to heal that relationship. He wants to take that depression off of you. There's an end. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train coming down at you. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. You can make it. Look at this. We go from perseverance to character. What is character? Character is being proven and approved by God. It's you getting through your trial and God saying, you did it. You did it with my help. You got through this. And you learned something from it. You know what the most horrible thing in the world is, is not learning from your lessons, not learning from your life experiences, and just making the same stupid mistake over and over and over again. Please learn what God is trying to teach you. I tell you, if there's one thing I want to do, I want to learn and get better and learn and get better and learn and get better and learn and get better. Don't keep making the same mistakes over again. Learn from them, and that's what character is. It's approved. It's when that lesson gets into your brain, gets into your heart, gets into your life, and you've learned it, and you can move on to the next thing in life. All right? It's spiritual maturity. It's approved faith. All right? When you learn a lesson, you learn it forever. It's learned. You don't ever have to go back to it. I used to have this hang-up, okay? And I'm not going to tell you necessarily what it was. But I'd have this thought that would come into my mind, and it would throw me into tailspin for about four months. Four months. Do you have anything like that? A thought, a worry, or whatever, a, a distraction comes in your mind, and for four months or six months or however long, you're thrown off the horse. God wants you to get to the place where that thought comes, and it takes you about two minutes to get past it and keep going. So what used to take me four months to get over, now I've learned the lesson. My character is approved. I've learned it. It takes me two minutes or less to get past that thought and move forward. That's what this process does for you. What used to take you 10 months or even mess you up for years, now you learn it, you know it, and you don't have to deal with it anymore because you've learned your lesson. The essence of Christian character is faith in God. When you talk about character, you're talking about your faith. Now, let me tell you something about faith. Faith can be really strong. It can be weak. Faith can grow and faith can shrink, all right? But when you're tested, your faith will grow strong. Why do you have problems? 
because God wants you to have strong faith. Look at Peter. <laughs> this is crazy. Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan has wanted to sift you like wheat. But what did, God, what did Jesus say? I've prayed that your faith wouldn't fail you. I'm praying for somebody in the hospital right now. And you know I'm praying for Dora? I'm praying that her faith wouldn't fail her. Her faith is being tested right now. And I'm praying, God, don't let her faith fail her. Let her character be strengthened. Let Angelica's character be strengthened through this trial that they're going through right now. Do you get it? We need stronger character, stronger faith in God. James 1 Verses 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials, whenever you're suffering, because you know that the testing of your faith produces that perseverance, that believing, all right? And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. Man, these life experiences teach us. God uses life experiences. He uses that boss that you don't like very much. He might use that spouse that you don't like very much to teach you something. Let the sandpaper experience teach you something. Life experiences are so important. You know, in football or baseball or basketball, you'll see a a 30-year-old player on the court, a 35-year-old player. What do they call those players? They call them veteran players. Why? Because they've been through game after game, season after season. They're tested. They're approved. And they tend to become leaders of the team because they've been there and done that. I'll never forget, we had a friend of ours that was a, an Air Force pilot. Her name was Jenny. And she'd gone through the Air Force Academy. She was flying these big old transport planes, C-130s. And she said... Almost every time she flew, she would have an officer behind her evaluating her, testing her on her flying skills. She got so tired of being tested. She said, when are they ever going to just let me fly and just trust me? <laughs> well, it takes tests to get stronger and more knowledgeable and more capable. Put up with the tests that God allows to come into your life. There's tools, and I'm not a big tool guy, but there's certain tools that I like because I've tested them and I trust those tools to work for me. God, you're a tool in God's hand. God wants to trust you. Every time he picks you up to do something, he wants to trust that you'll work for him. He's testing you so that he can see if he can trust you. All right, last one is hope. Don't worry, we're almost done. Do you hope that we're almost done? All right, we're almost done. Hope. Character leads to hope, and this is a habit. Hope is a habit, and it's produced through suffering. If you never suffer, you'll never hope. <laughs> That's crazy. But a habit of confident assurance of joy and peace, all right? So as you've been tested and you've come out of the fire and you're, you're what God wants you to be, you're going to start having tons of joy you're going to have tons of peace. You're going to have tons of confidence in God's power and his goodness. And you're going to naturally start trusting God. And you're going to naturally start resting in the Lord. Every, everybody take a big sigh right now and say, all right, God, you're going to do it. I'm resting in you. I remember once going through this massive trial, massive problem. 
and I was praying, and I was just striving with God, saying, God, get me out of this problem. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, I want you to just lay down and rest. Pretend like you're on a big old fluffy, nice uh, mattress with a nice fluffy pillow. And in the midst of the problem, I want you just to lay down and rest. I said, no, God, there's no way I'm going to do that. He said, I want you to rest. And finally, after three or four days of God telling me to rest, I finally did that. I took a big old sigh of relief. Problem was still there. (laughs) And I just rested in him with the problem looming in my mind all along. You can rest. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Bible also says in Proverbs, in uh, Psalms 23, he makes me to lay down in green pastures. He prepares a table for me. Where? In the presence of my enemies. Can you imagine eating a feast while your enemy is growling at you and, and telling you, the, the, you know, you're going to have a bad week and you just rest and say, no, I'm going to have a good week in Jesus. I'm going to have a good week. All right. Let me tell you something. And if you can retain this, I know I've said a lot the, today, but the lack of hope is the core root of every human problem there is. Every human problem. You know, if you're in a state where you just, you can't love much, you just, you don't feel loved and you don't love people and you just feel dry inside, you know what you need more hope? You need hope. You need more hope in your life. Tomorrow's going to be a better day for you. Life is going to start giving you good fruit instead of bad fruit. God is going to start blessing you. I want to give you hope today because that's going to start helping you solve your problems. You need hope. If you have low faith, don't worry about your faith. Worry about your hope and say, God, I'm going to start putting my hope in you. If you have bad feelings or, or you just, you know, work is not, not what you'd hope for. It's miserable. You need more hope in your life. That's the cure to every problem, believe it or not. So four stages of pushing, being pushed closer to God is first suffering. A, a problem pops up. I think I had no less than eight problems this week. How many of you had a lot of problems this week? Every problem I've allowed this week to push me closer to God. But I didn't stay suffering the whole time. Instead, I shifted gears and got to the second one very quickly and said, God, I'm going to stop suffering and I'm going to start believing you. I'm just going to believe you, God. I'm going to trust you. And therefore, I'm going to persevere through this problem and I'm going to, we're going to find an answer to it. Number three, learn your lessons. Learn them so that you can move on and move up and move to the next step, the next stage, and your character and your faith is built through this. Those lessons become who you are. And then finally, you hope and you become a God-confident person. Not a self-confident, a God-confident person. These things push you closer to God. Now, what I have here, I don't know if Brother Jimmy could, maybe two peop, two of you could help me, but I'd like everybody, yeah, Brother Jesse, to get a, a uh, three-by-five card here. And we've got, if you go to the next slide, we've got some questions up here that I want you to use this three-by-five card because I don't want, I don't want to waste um, 30 minutes of your time listening to this and not doing something with it. Um, I would say 
it probably took me about 10 hours to put this together today. And I'm not griping, I'm not complaining, I'm not bragging either. But I don't want to waste my 10 hours and your 30 minutes and this not do something for you. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take this 3 by 5 card and I'd like you to write down these three questions. We've got some pens. Um, I didn't think about handing out pens. I assumed everybody would. But there's some pens in the back that, Jesse, maybe you can run back after you've handed some of these things out and see if anybody needs a pen. But I want to ask you, what problem are you facing? Because this is going to be your best buddy this week. <laughs> your problem, instead of rejecting your problem, you need to invite your problem in so that it can start helping you get closer to God. What problem are you facing? And then I want to ask you, what stage are you in? What stage are you in? Are you just staying in the suffering stage over and over, suffering, suffering, suffering? Or is it time for you to stop suffering and start believing and persevering through this and letting God carry this problem for you instead of you trying to carry it yourself? All right, so what stage are you in? And then let me ask you this, how do you intend to move to the next stage? What are you going to do? All right. Are you going to sit there and languish and you're suffering? Are you going to take an effort, make an effort and say, okay, God, it's time for me to persevere. Okay, God, it's time for me to learn something. Okay, God, it's time for me to start being hopeful. What stage is next for you? And what are you going to do to move yourself to that next stage with God's help? Does that make sense? This is time. This week, it's time for you and me to get closer to God because of our problems instead of our problems driving us away from God. 